This is MuggleCast, your Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts podcast covering everything about J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Welcome to episode 291 of MuggleCast. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Micah. And this week we have on a MuggleCast alum, Laura, welcome back to the show. Hi guys, it's great to be here. It's great to have you. I podcast with Laura Weekly on Millennial Podcast. (laughs) But I prefer having uh, doing this with you here. Oh, yeah, it's just you so... know our original podcast. You know, I was I was about to be like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> he He's been like hoarding you for the other, other podcast, <laughs> but he doesn't know why. No, it's it's great to have Laura on again, and uh, Laura joins us with it uh, for an exciting episode. We are now back to doing two episodes per month of MuggleCast. Can you believe it? Wow! I know. Patrons helped us reach our first milestone, uh, and as we said, once we hit that milestone, we'll start doing two episodes a month, and so here we are. We're going to be doing an episode once every other week-ish. Eric, I know you looked into it. When was the last time we were doing two episodes a month? The last time we were bi-monthly was uh, like the end of 2011, like November, December 2011. Hmm. <laughs> so five years, 40 episodes you know, of... 40 or 50 episodes of MuggleCast to go, and way back when, I th- think it was the year the last Harry Potter movie came out. Yeah. So, that's crazy. <laughs> last time I was by was like 2008, so it's been even longer <laughs> since then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you to our patrons who have helped us reach this milestone. Um, we we may hit another milestone in, in, the, in the year ahead, where we'll start doing episodes weekly. We'll see. We'll see. That's the next. That's the next one. But a little other housekeeping, our new website is now live at MuggleCast.com. It's a simpler website. It's uh, mobile-friendly now. It has a player for each episode. Imagine that. So you can load up an episode and just play it right there on the website without having to download a file or something. Oh, I can imagine, Andrew. (laughs) Micah Micah was in charge of bringing every single episode of MuggleCast into the new design which was a very tedious process but he pulled it off tremendously and we were saying just before the show how uh, it was a bit nostalgic going back through and and seeing all the old episodes going you know really all the way back to episode one and just seeing what we had accomplished really over the course of the last almost 11 years now if you think about it and laura uh, as we mentioned yesterday on our uh, celebration with our patrons for reaching this milestone laura i think holds the title for the most mentions in an episode at least from a from a title standpoint she has the most episodes (laughs) named after her how did this happen (laughs) i i i was wondering the same thing like one of them was called like like what are some of the episodes laura's laura's fired uh was one of them <laughs> welcome back by the way uh, yeah, Thank you. Welcome back. you got fired on episode like it was like episode 94 laura's pants uh which oh we yeah first. that's because i left my pants in la and eric yeah. had to mail them to me and i mailed them to you i'm glad you got <laughs> them you by bring the way. it up like randomly on the it, episode yes. <laughs> yes it was it was like five seconds before the end of an episode and i was just like by the way i didn't think it would be included in the show but then the whole episode was titled Laura's pants and the rest is history. It's that was one the of most them. sexual thing on this show at the time. 
Maybe that's why it was like so shocking, so scandalous. Yeah, I had Laura's pants. We were all yeah. like seventeen. We were all like, "Ooh, why does Eric have Laura's pants?" Ooh. I know. No, and I'll tell you the truth. I blushed really hard when that happened. Like when you said that, Eric, my face just went tomato red. <laughs> there was another Laura's something title that was so generic. I was like, "What were we there's, thinking?" Well, I got. I, there's five of them that I could find right now. You mentioned Laura's pants and Laura's fire. There's also I love you, Laura. (laughs) Laura's questions. Yeah, that one. That's like not sure what that refers to. (laughs) Me neither. Laura Gambin. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah, because I like Michael Gambin and I think I was the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Well, one thing is clear. This episode has to have Laura in the title. Oh, Oh. maybe just like, hey, Laura. (laughs) <laughs> oh. hey Lara. i would like i would like to thank god and the academy <laughs> in any particular order um, quite the honor very very <laughs> proud of you anyway one more thing i would just say on the website though too is we'll be looking to bring over the transcripts that were created for each of the episodes i know we have a, a pretty complete library but just uh from a timing standpoint it may take a little bit to move all of those over and i know we also discussed coming up with some ideas just so that we do uh incorporate the history of our show there's a lot of uh easter eggs that can be found going through the muggle cast directory on on the old uh, MuggleNet website so mm. we'll be sure to uh put some cool stuff together that uh, people can take a look at and you know kind of reminisce with us uh, of what we were uh able to put together over the last 10 years yeah but just like we have a uh uh, a podcast for the new decade we have a website for the new decade (laughs) right a modern website (laughs) and it works for now yeah it works so let's move on to news we also later in the show we're gonna have another top 10 list we're gonna bring back pen and paper and my priority we we've kind kind of lost sight of that segment Mm. uh and we're even gonna bring back chicken soup the mug castle. Oh wow! Right, throwback. Yeah. So of course, there's been a lot of cursed child and Fantastic Beast news as we approach both of them. A few days ago, for uh, the cursed child, they released a behind-the-scenes look at the rehearsals going on, and J.K. Rowling kind of guides the tour. She leads you into the rehearsal room, and she's talking with jack thorne and john tiffany about the production there's a couple interesting things i thought we should talk about first of all um jk rowling asks for no spoilers she she asks (laughs) that nobody spoiled the play um this is probably a reason why that the cursed child book is coming out at the end of july but but do you guys i'm worried that there's going to be a lot of spoilers online as soon as this play starts happening Oh my god, Tumblr is going to ruin this play. Yeah. It's a good thing I don't go on Tumblr. Because J.K. Rowling specifically says not to ruin the surprises. And and that's that's like the whole point of this video, right? Like she's going in and they're they're having this conversation, Jack and John and Joe. Uh, Love that, by the way. They're having this conversation about previews and how it's different every night while bugs and kinks are getting worked out. Like 
it's all for show. They already know that. They're the producers and screenwriters of these. They know what previews do and how they're different. The, they state it in the video because it's supposed to be a reason not to spoil anything. Yeah. Like it's and, and so the the video culminates with JKR saying that the Harry Potter fans, one of the things she's always loved is how uh, they have each other's back and she's confident that if she asks people not to spoil, they won't. Well, so she asks. But yeah, I, I don't know if people are going to heat it. I, I just think it, it's a I sweet video. So. It, yeah. it's, it's, no. This was a gentle re- request, but I don't think it's it. going to do anything. Do we not remember the Snape kills Dumbledore video? Right. Oh, God. That was, <laughs> no. that still haunts me. I think I to this day, to this day, I haven't seen it because I knew it was out there. Obviously, we talked about it, but I just can't. I think yeah. that my heart would fun- fundamentally something would change in the in my heart if I saw that video. For anyone who doesn't know, there's a bunch of people lined up in front of a Borders for a midnight for the mid- Half-Blood Prince midnight release. And um, some jerk face drives by in a car and yells out the spoiler. And you can hear people go, no, like it's so depressing. It's so sad. <laughs> May that never happen again. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're probably going to hear that some characters maybe have died. I would think in The Cursed Child where uh, maybe Ron and Hermione are divorced for all we know. Like there's going to be some I, things. I, I think in this. that's most likely. That's that's really most likely based on the Wonderland article. Interview. Well, so let's talk about that. In this behind-the-scenes featurette, there's this brief shot of the actors who are playing Ron and Hermione kind of dueling, it looks like. Mm. Now, they might be just playing around on the sets, but they may not be. (laughs) They may actually have a duel in this. Yeah. It's um, and some of the kids are dueling, I think, too, or some of the kids are, they all all have have sort of wands in the rehearsal space. I don't patrons rebecca asks what do you think about this behind the scenes shot of the dueling do you think jk rowling will use this to explore her feelings on their less than perfect pairing and like eric mentioned that wonderland interview where jk rowling said um distance has given me perspective on their relationship it was a choice i made for very personal reasons not for reasons of credibility Regarding regarding Ron and Hermione getting married together. (laughs) Yeah, and she went on to say there was too much fundamental incompatibility. In some ways, Hermione and Harry are a better fit. So will she, you know, hindsight, like she said, has given her a clear look at this. Do you guys think she may push her (laughs) agenda, Ron Hermione (laughs) agenda, into the play? (laughs) I really hope not, but I think she's going to, and that just depresses me a little bit what do you think could happen you know i don't think that they'll necessarily be divorced but i think that this will be a really good platform for her to explore their marital problems um and you know maybe they do if they do get divorced there's some kind of wizarding um (laughs) ceremony like a like a divorce duel that they have to participate in divorce duel (laughs) i love this that's the title of the show of the kids yeah laura's divorce (laughs) duel they'll um they'll they'll fight to the death it's like it's still to death do us part in the wizarding world but you you can get divorced you just have to fight each other to the death yeah the way I looked at that photo, though, is probably they're just practicing with each other, right? I'm assuming that they're having people come in from even the films, right? The the person who's trained throughout the yeah. course of the movies to teach them how to practice. I wonder if Paul Harris. Do. Yeah, yeah I, that, that, that's what I would take away from it. It's just natural that the 
actor and actress that play Ron and Hermione would pair up with each other. So I'm going to think positive thoughts for the time being. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just going back, though, to the whole spoiler issue, I mean, in this day and age, it's virtually impossible. J.K. Rowling couldn't even keep the secret that she was Robert Galbraith. So how does she expect that something as big as this is Well, going- hang on. That's a low blow. That wasn't her fault. She had nothing to do with that reveal. The world couldn't keep the secret. Yeah, that, the, okay. There you go. Or, or the, the publisher <laughs> couldn't keep the secret that she was Robert Galbraith. I'll, I'll uh, modify what I said. Thank you. But it's the same kind of situation here where she's working on another project. She's worried about the contents of it being spoiled and I just don't think that in the world in which we live now that you can hope that something that is as big as Potter or an extension of Potter is going to be able to go on for an extended period of time without somebody leaking the information. I'm surprised nothing has been put out there yet. Yeah, and you know some kid is going to get his smartphone in there and he's going to tape the part where Hermione kills Ron during the divorce (laughs) duel and it's going to be all over the internet and it's going to be done. So I think we just have to accept it. Yeah, the the important thing to to drive home is that the the previews are the previews. You know, that things will change. Things can and will change during previews. In the video they say, oh, it's only 50 days till we have an audience, but it is a longer time until... The play actually but opens. But I don't so think I, they're going to change any. I could be wrong, but the, I don't think they're going to change any like major things like that we would consider major spoilers. Strokes. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But at the same time, I think so. It's like it's dual preparedness. It's like please don't spoil, but also understand that the stuff that's going to come out uh, on the internet that first sixty days or whatever when they're in previous first couple weeks, uh, you know, cannot necessarily be uh, taken for 100% accurate, this is what is or isn't going to happen in this play's official version. Guys, I'm seeing this play in a little over a month from now. I That's exciting. I can't believe it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to spoil it for all of you. <laughs> Please do. Please. <laughs> Give us the choice. I want to know. Because... That's the thing. That's, you know, I, I kind of feel hypocritical saying this because I'm probably going to write something on Hypeable about, I don't Are know. Are you seeing it in preview, though? Yeah. I'm probably going to write something on Hypeable. I don't know what. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil it in the headline or anything, but I have to write something. And you know, like, the Daily Mail and these other British tabloids are going to be writing all kinds They're of spoilers. Gonna, yeah, that's going to be the worst. Yeah, so now, I'm going to sink down to their level. The book version <laughs> of this comes out before it actually goes into normal shows. Say that again? The book version of The Cursed Child, is it, that released... It's coming out the day after or the day before the show officially begins. Okay. Huh. So I think the rehearsal edition that's going to be printed, they're going to have to start printing that probably in like early to mid-July at the latest. Yeah. So it's the rehearsal edition is going to be a pretty early edition of like whatever they're working with now and over the next month, whatever they come up with by the end of May – I would guess is probably going to be in the rehearsal edition of the book. That makes sense to me. And then remember, they're going to release a final edition later, probably at the end of this year, I would guess. Laura, how eager are you, though, to get your hands on this? Is this something that you don't really care about? You know, you may read at some point. You're not going to be out there waiting online the night before to get this Mm -hmm. book. How do you feel about it? Um, So I will definitely read it. I'm actually kind of excited that it is coming out in book form because 
I'm not going to be able to go to London to see this. I do understand that it's eventually going to make its way across the pond, but I don't know when that's going to be. So, you know, I'm really excited to have access to the story. Um, don't know if I'm going to be doing any like midnight release things for it. Um, you know, just Amazon for me, to order it. Yeah, like for me, I'm I'm one of these fans that like I have a lot of nostalgia for the original Harry Potter story. So, you know, if it were like a prequel about the Marauders or something, I would be losing my mind. Yeah. Um, but you know, these, these sort of additional stories, you know, um, about all the Severus and then about Newt Scamander, I think they look really interesting and I am looking forward to them, but I'm not as excited about those as I would be about like a Marauders prequel. Sure. That's fair. I'll be at a midnight release party though. (laughs) I think, I think it'll have that nostalgia. I think you'll feel that same nostalgia at these midnight release parties. It won't, I, I guess it won't be the same. Of course, it won't be the same as one of the original seven books, but I think right. it'll get close. So uh, one other thing about The Cursed Child wanted to mention. Well, actually, Laura mentioned um, that it will be coming elsewhere besides London. J.K. Rowling did say that. Not exactly a surprise because, of course, they were going to do that. There's potential to make money all over the world with It's this. Harry Potter. It's yeah. international. But the other thing we learned is that there's going to be no Cursed Child audiobook. Which I thought was kind of interesting, at least at launch at the end of that, July. That is that is interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's because yeah. the visually impaired they're not going to be able to read this. So right, I think. Well, I mean, I, I can understand why it's not an audiobook because it's not a book; it's a play script. But I also, you know, the fact that it's not being read that you can't get some sort of audio format is limiting. Yeah, couldn't you record the play though? Yeah. Yeah. What do you well, mean? And, Who like us? Like then- professionally recorded? No, no, no. Professionally recorded, so that you would actually have the actors and the actresses who are participating oh. in the cursed child, like like a cast album, you know? Yeah, something like that. That would be really cool, actually. Yeah, and it's actually kind of common for for these types of adaptions to actually have a full cast recording, where it's not just a recording of them acting, but rather it's a recording of them sitting down and reading it together. Um, with some kind of narrating voice filling in the gaps to kind of tell you, give you the context of what's going on. So I think something like this should happen. Um, Why don't we do it? Could could we we do do it? it. I mean, we just make it totally free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could they sue us? I don't know. Not if it's free. Like not if we're, you know, not if it's just like a public service, because apparently, apparently this isn't something that we're, that, that they're able to do. So we should do it. This is this is what I've been saying. We need to each when the book comes out or script comes out, we need to each like pick a role or two and just do a read through and put it on the podcast feed. There's like 50 characters though. We're gonna need every <laughs> gotta, single person who's well, ever get been Jamie, on Muggle Cast. Get to help Mikey with this. B. Get everybody else in. Get uh, Aris Janatakos. Get uh, here's all the, the guest hosts. Okay. Hey, David Amon. Oh my god. So David here's, here's the throwback. Here's the problem. Um, uh, the script it's not written like. Blah 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 said Harry. Blah 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 replied Ron. So you would need somebody to introduce every single person Jim before Dale. they say the line. Even if you get the cast to record Jim it, you don't know what the cast sounds like. That's true. And you know, I've been in enough play rehearsals before where it's like the person whose line it is, and they don't know it, and they don't realize it because they're following along, but not that closely. And then somebody else is like, "Ron, Ron, your line," and the Ron's like, "Oh." 
So it would probably need to be edited, you know, and probably need to be, probably take a lot of time. I mean, this, this play too, it's in two parts that are what each two acts long. I mean, isn't that insane? Like we're talking four hours or five hours of drama here, uh, for the cursed child. So I, I have no idea what the script or play will actually be like, but, um, I, I totally think because we can, and I, I thought this too, like Harry Potter groups, I've said this before, but like groups of Harry Potter fans who are friends who are together could do like play read throughs, just like, like table reads, like as if you're mounting a production, as if you're preparing to, to mount a production of the play, because that's the beauty of like what a script can do. You can just read the play out loud and have, you know, get, get your friends together, pour some butterbeer, you know, enjoy it. Well, speaking of script books, that's not the only Harry Potter script book coming out this year. Oh no. We learned that Fantastic Beasts screenplay will be released as a book as well. It's going to come out the day <sighs> after the movie opens in theater. So the book will arrive November 19th, 2016. I have okay. one question. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> money, 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 money. Money. You're fired. Okay, here's the thing. In defense of this idea... This script was penned by J.K. Rowling. So I think it could be an interesting read in that you're you have this is this is the first Wizarding World thing J.K. Rowling has penned, you know, significant thing that J.K. Rowling has penned since Deathly Hallows. Or Beetle the Bard. But yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. But but still, it's 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 a big piece of work. So I think for that reason, it's tempting. You will also potentially learn things about the characters and the settings that didn't translate to the screen. Yes. But still, I think the reason that this exists is because Cursed Child went on went on pre-orders sale. Um, it's been huge. Amazon, it's, it's listed number three in their top selling books of 2016 so far. It's just been so popular. So then somebody thought... Well, why don't we do this with Fantastic Beasts? Why, though? (laughs) That was a question that pretty much everybody asked when you initially introduced the story. I don't understand why. There's already a Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them book. And if you look back at the other movies for Harry Potter, something like this was never released. And the reasoning behind that would be because there are books, right? So There's redundancy there because you you can never have a... A novelization Not 100% of a... though, because the movie script doesn't always match the book, as we've right. come to know. So I just still don't understand the reasoning behind this. Is it to have it in story form in a way? Well, like that, is that as close as we'll get to a novelization of this film? I think this confirms that there's not going to be a novelization for a while. That just makes me really sad, because I feel like I would be so much more pumped about this movie if it were already a book, like if I had some deeper connection to the story and to the characters. Yeah. See, here's, here's how I feel about that specifically is we spent 10 years of our lives going to Harry Potter movies where we had already read the book and some part of us could only, you know, think about consciously what was changed. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the, the, the movies got better about not changing things or, or sort of as, as it went on, at least the last two, I think, are very, very faithful. But, you know, at the same time, I feel kind of free 
about this new movie because it's set in this world, but all they have to show us what the world's about is this movie. So we're not consciously thinking about what didn't make it because everything that was supposed to make it did. Like this is the only source. This is our only frame of reference for Newt, who he is, what he is, and and his story. I actually, I feel a little freed by the fact that it's not a book first. Yeah. And I think it'll be exciting going into this A Wizarding World story not knowing what's going to happen. It's kind of like with Star Wars The Force Awakens. Like, we we had this established world everyone fell in love with a long time ago. And and then it came back. Far, far away. And the secrets were kept so close to the vest that we had no clue what to expect. But we, we knew about the world and we knew that we loved that world. <clears throat> I like that. <laughs> I guess I guess I just don't feel as connected to it, and you know, yeah, that's just well, me. I, I would Here's prefer the thing, though, that Jake Eric had written books rather than movies, but I kind of like the spectacle of the movies. Micah, Eric, us three are going to have to buy this book, and we're gonna. This is going to be an episode of MuggleCast. We're going to compare the script to what we saw on screen. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that's awesome. That's really cool. I think it will be fun. Can't okay. Warner Brothers just send us a couple of copies? <laughs> you know, I was I was Laura. Back to your point about. Um, like a, a book being released beforehand. I was hoping for J.K. Rowling to write maybe some sort of prequel to the Fantastic Beast movie that we could all read. Maybe she still will. We're still a few months away. But I thought that would have been a way to get fans introduced to Newt and to get them revved up for the movie. I would love like a, a prequel yeah. story, even if it's like six paragraphs long or something, but it's like right. a little tidbit snippet of who Newt is, what he's about before right. we see him in the movie. Why yeah. he got expelled from Hogwarts, like something yeah, yeah. about that. I feel like the great. movie will the movie will probably delve into that, but yeah. I, I was I in know. a Barnes and Noble over the weekend and uh right at the front there was a little table there. You could pre order Cursed Child, Fantastic Beasts. And the Chamber of Secrets Illustrated Edition, all which come out this year. Then I moseyed on un- other over to another Harry Potter table, and I saw the Fantastic Beast book, and I jumped to the biography, and I got very frustrated because it it says Newt graduated from Hogwarts. Did he? <laughs> Did he? Did he? What do I? We don't even know anymore, man. Yeah, it's, it's all changing. It's all only scary. time will tell. I almost grabbed yeah. a a sharpie and crossed that whole section. <laughs> <and> never <laughs> seen copy. You defaced a book. Actually, there's if I'm remembering correctly, there's fake defacements already in that book. So that's true. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be okay. <laughs> okay, well, so we all can look forward to that, I guess, uh, come November. <laughs> It's not. I I was I was watching that on the bestseller list. It's it's not doing nearly as well as Cursed Child. I I haven't even seen it on the bestseller list. I so. think give it time. Well, it's also not billed as Harry Potter eight. Yeah. Right. <sighs> well, and also it's for a movie that comes out the day before. Everybody just wants to see the movie. Yeah, but I mean, how many times can you see the movie? I mean, cost effectively, like you could just read the script again. I don't know. Twenty. Twenty, twenty times. Well, how much is the script costing? Do we know? Is this is there a price on like the uh, fantasy box or something? Eighteen bucks. Okay. I mean, I can't go to the movies and get a popcorn and a drink and the ticket for eighteen bucks. So popcorn's not healthy. Don't do that anyway. <laughs> okay. All right. You're right. Here's right. some exciting Fantastic Beast news. We Ooh. learned that we we kind of were guessing that this may happen, but now it seems pretty darn official. Dan Fogler, who plays Jacob, the the lead muggle in the movie, confirmed 
essentially that characters from Harry Potter are going to be showing up in Fantastic Beasts. He (sighs) said, quote, you do meet as the stories go along. You I can't give it away, but you will see you will hear mention of your favorite characters. You may even meet their younger counterparts along the way. So the first person who jumps to mind is Dumbledore because of the trailer. Name dropping. Yeah. And we know that Newt and Dumbledore have some sort of connection. So I I think this is really cool news. And I like other than Dan Fogler, like basically spoiling it. <laughs> he's he's I, the best. I like this guy already a lot. I like that it's been kept secret. I, I'm hoping it's Michael Gambon. He went in for a couple days. Maybe filled some filmed some scenes with Eddie Redmayne. I mean, I'm going to lose my mind when I see it on screen. Yeah. I like the title of your article. I don't know if it's actually, or at least the uh, the link Stub. here, where it says <laughs> Harry Potter characters and Fantastic Beasts. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you use that as your official title of the article, but uh, that yeah, it's going to be my excited. official title, and then I decided I had to calm it down. No, he so. changed it to Harry Potter Am I allowed characters? to say that on this show? I guess I now we are. Not. I was, I was going to say I'm shocked, Micah. We'll see if we get emails about this it. This is and a then family we'll... show. The next Patreon <laughs> milestone is uh, an R-rated MogoCast. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, what other characters, though, would we anticipate seeing in Fantastic Beasts, whether it's in this first movie or or later on as the the other films are released i would love to see grindelwald that would yeah yeah that would, that would be, be badass oh my god that would be really cool <laughs> what if there's like a shot of like dumbledore stealing a glance of grindelwald <laughs> like i i i would love to see that but at the same time i wouldn't want to uh like an entire movie that's about how newt got in between dumbledore and and grindelwald like <laughs> Not even not even romantically, but I actually like I don't want him anywhere in that equation at all. Like the Dumbledore and Grindelwald stuff is between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. They're they're studying together. They're uh, chatting together. They're building that relationship, which gets torn down. I just wouldn't want Newt present at like the fall of Grindelwald for any reason, like not even for story purposes to have a really cool story with Fantastic Beasts, which also has a Harry Potter tie in that we already knew or are familiar with. Like, yeah, it just doesn't seem to fit. It's it yeah it wouldn't fit it would feel forced like but but we're on the right track ultimately we're trying to think of wizards who were alive back then which immediately rules out even all of Harry's parents' generation um, you know so you're stuck you're left with very few you're left with Minerva McGonagall Albus Dumbledore um, and Professor and Bins pr- Professor yeah Bins who'd probably be there the founders of Hogwarts all the ghosts Ollivander um, you know. So, yeah, and Ollivander, that would actually be good Good to yeah. see. Yeah, and I think to Eric's point, I think they probably will just be, like, Easter egg things. Like, you know, Grindelwald is, like, with Dumbledore in a scene or something like that. Yeah. And he's not really a part of the story. It would be really cool if we got to see Ariana Dumbledore. Yeah. That would be really cool. You're right. And you're like, oh, you die soon. <laughs> oh, that's hard. You're like yelling at the screen. Ariana, <laughs> oh, don't Ariana! get near any duels. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of our listeners on Patreon, Morgan May, he wrote in about this topic. He said, in regards to some Harry Potter characters being in the new movie, I'm personally hoping for some characters that have familiar ties to minor characters we already know. It'd be awesome to see Dumbledore show up. I think it'd be really cool to get some more history on families that we don't know as well. I'm talking about re- relatives of Dean, 
Seamus, Cho, Anthony Goldstein, etc. JK is already exploring the life of a character that we just knew as an author, so this would be a good opportunity for her for her to expand on more characters we know. Yeah. I I, th- I think mm-hmm. I think like Laura was saying, little Easter eggs like that. You know what? That reminds me of it came out. Uh, J.K. Rowling uh, said on Twitter that the the young girls in this movie, I'm forgetting their names, um, are related to Anthony Goldstein or something. She said at some point, like the American girls in this film that Newt's involved with, the the, the sisters are somehow related to Anthony Goldstein, I think it was said. Like, which is weird mm-hmm. because it, it's like transcontinental and like four generations different. But there are connections there. And thinking about Dean Thomas in particular, like J.K. Rowling wrote this whole backstory thing. It's like pages and pages of backstory on Dean, which never made it into Deathly Hallows. But it exists, and I, I think it would be actually, I think it's a cool idea to think that it might somehow show up you could see an ancestor or like rather, you know, great great grandfather. Yeah. So Queenie Goldstein is the name. Queenie Goldstein. There you go. So the younger Queenie sister of Porpatina. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the sister in law of Newt's commander. Thank you. So she um she's related to somebody in Harry's year at Hogwarts. So there are connections that are subtly beginning to form already. And I think it'll probably play out. Knowing JK Rowling, it'll probably play out in, in a larger way as the series goes on. You know, speaking of Hogwarts and connections to Fantastic Beasts, I, I'm, I've been meaning to mention this to you guys. I've been, I, uh, when I went to the Wizarding World here in Hollywood at Universal, walking through Hogwarts, there are curtains hung up over what I guess are portraits. And it's been giving me anxiety because I'm like, why are these portraits being covered up right now? I'm wondering huh. if it's like characters in Fantastic Beasts or something. I'm just looking around. There was like at least five or six of them. And I'm just like, why, why, why are these hidden? What does this mean? Because huh. we previously heard that there will maybe be uh, – that Fantastic Beasts will potentially be integrated into the Wizarding World theme parks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I, love, I love that idea. The other thing too is uh, I know – that Morgan wrote in about sort of the lesser known families, but what about the ones that we've come to know, you know, the Potters, the Weasleys, the Malfoys, and thinking of the black family tree and how far back that goes and all the interconnection between the families. I think given some of the dates that the older members of these families are known to have lived, that they can certainly play right into Newt's timeline in this story. Mm-hmm. Something, something that I don't really haven't considered or haven't thought actively about was whether or not Newt will be returning to Britain, whether whether it's just this first film that will be set in the 1920s New York. You know, you could have the next film. It could be sort of like Indiana Jones and have it sort of a different decade and a different continent. Um, you know, ultimately, Newt's going to be around for a little while. So, you know, it doesn't mean that this whole trilogy is going to be set in America. We could see more, especially if it's in Europe. We could see more of the Black family. We could see more of the other characters that we're more familiar with, just depending on where geographically he goes. Yeah. I actually saw a report on on a Harry Potter fan site that they were quoting somebody connected to the films who basically confirmed that it is going to go to a different country. Mm. I don't want to say the country in case it's wrong, but I think the sequel is going to be going somewhere in Europe. I don't want to say. I don't know. Should I say? It's, it's Paris. <laughs> Apparently it's Paris. Oh, 
You know, in oh, Paris, cool. Paris has a long history of really cool stuff like that. Um, but again, so maybe we should start already mentally preparing to for this glimpse of America that is going to be not continued in sequels. Maybe we should just mentally steal ourselves Enjoy for this is it. this is the only magic in North America we're going to get, guys, potentially. Yeah. yeah. So maybe there's maybe there's that consideration. Okay. Well, that's the news. But Time for a fun segment. Yeah, there's actually, to transition into this, there's actually um, a little news item happening on May 2nd, which is when you may be listening to this episode, the, the anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts. Hey. You guys remember the Battle of Hogwarts? I can never forget, especially now that J.K. Rowling has promised to apologize each year for <laughs> one of the deaths. <laughs> so you got to tell the story of your, your your tweet to her the other day. Oh, well, I mean, last year she, you know, she's been very active on Twitter. And last year she tweeted, uh, she said she would apologize. Let me pull up the exact quote. Yeah. She said, um, last year, May 2nd, 2015, she said, Today I would just like to say I'm really sorry about Fred. Bow's head and acceptance of your reasonable ire. <laughs> and then somebody <laughs> replied, What about Tonks, Lupin? And then J.K. <laughs> Rowling replied, I thought I might apologize for one death per anniversary. Fred was the worst for me, so I started with him. So, what a great diplomatic answer. <laughs> will she remember this tomorrow? So you tweeted her. You're like, hey, who oh, are yeah. you going to apologize for this year? <laughs> a few, I thought I would help her out. A couple days ago, I tweeted her a screenshot of that thread that I just read, and I said, <laughs> have you decided who you're going to apologize for? Don't forget. Don't forget, Joe. So I'm really interested. Only time will tell. Tomorrow we will know whether she will apologize for another character or not. But until then, we have this top 10 list. We do have this top 10 list. So over on our Patreon, just like uh, our last episode of MuggleCast, we sourced uh, replies on Patreon. We gave them a prompt, and the best answers have been boiled down into top 10. Uh, Laura, this is your first time in a long time uh, having this segment. And yeah. uh, we're all going to take turns reading the answers. Okay. Um, so I'm going to post them into our Skype chat here just because we're keeping them sort of hidden and, and secret from our uh, gotcha. Patreon listeners who are, who are viewing. Um, and actually, to be honest, guys, we got like 35 replies. It's Battle of Hogwarts themed. Uh, and so I could only break them down into a top 13. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, they didn't have the heart to do 10. So we have 13 answers and we got to take turns reading them. But this is the top 10. The prompt was... Uh, the Battle of Hogwarts would have been even worse if. Laura, you first. Okay. Number 10. The Fiend Fire had overtaken the school. And that's from Allie F. You guys remember what a mess that was. Fortunately, mm-hmm. the requirement contained it. But, I mean, the, that poster, the movie poster, it made it look like it overtook the whole school. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I forgot about that. One of the best posters ever for a Harry Potter movie, if That's not the movie. best. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, uh, okay, number nine. The Battle of Hogwarts would have been even worse if Neville had had bad aim with the sword. That's oh, that from Laura so D. Awkward. <laughs> Oops, I missed, guys. <laughs> number yeah. eight. Mm. Oh. Were you going to do it? No, 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 no. Oh, number eight, Bellatrix had won her duel with Molly slash or killed Ginny. That's from Nicole. <laughs> that would have sucked. 
the, the whole the whole thing with Molly, like she she had to come out of that alive after that line. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's such a really cool line. Number seven, the battle for Hogwarts would have been even worse if the paintings had gotten destroyed. That's from <laughs> Chanel W., who also added, I would really mourn the loss of the fat lady, Sir Cadigan, and Dumbledore's headmaster portrait. <laughs> Very true. It's true. We like we like portraits, guys. They should have. I'm glad they lived. Yeah. Number six. The Battle of Hogwarts would have been even worse if the Ford Anglia had come roaring out of the forest to help, only to be immediately stomped flat by a giant. <laughs> that came from Katie. I love the creativity here. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the car wasn't in the battle, but if he did it, it, and it got damaged, we would all be upset. I mean, on screen, that would have been a pretty funny moment. Also sad, but that'd be kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, number five, the Battle of Hogwarts would have been even worse if... More people from the good side, this is relating to the movie, if more people from the good side had joined Voldemort, imagine a montage of awkward Voldemort hugs <laughs> in the courtyard, I guess. Well That's, done, uh, Draco. Well done, Draco. <laughs> That's uh, that one from Kayla. Number four, Gildory Lockhart led the defense. Hashtag wave the white flag. <laughs> Steve. Well done, Steve. That would been awesome. <laughs> number three if ron had died without ever kissing hermione oh that was from laura m laura maybe Mallory? jk rowling is wishing that she had done that now uh. <laughs> <laughs> number two it would have been even worse if snape had died before harry got there to receive his memories that's true from rebecca b yeah it's a pretty big plot point <laughs> yeah that's huge um, and number one, though, remember there are three after this, remember number one, if Voldemort, uh, okay. So the battle of Hogwarts would have been even worse if Voldemort had escaped like he did at the end of book one. <laughs> that one's from Michaela B. Yeah, it ended on a whole different cliffhanger. But then we would have needed an eighth book. So it would have been a good thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess, I guess so. <laughs> well, apparently we're getting that anyway, at yeah. least according to Barnes and Noble. Yes. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Voldemort Returns. <laughs> Voldemort's baby. Turns out, everybody, that Voldemort had a child. We never knew it, but he did. And that's who the cursed child is. Huh. Okay, honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, the Battle of Hogwarts would have been even worse if Voldemort had turned the dead into Inferi. <laughs> that's from Robert D. That would have been terrifying. <laughs> that was a theory that we had, too, I think. Yeah. Like, would the Inferi be returning or, like, coming mm -hmm. back in a big way? Mm. It's it's so good that they were relegated to just that one lake under underneath in the cave. Almost um, like White Walkers, right? Yeah, Ooh. pretty much. They're contained to that area. Uh, uh, number number two, uh, the Battle of Hogwarts would have been even worse with uh, if Harry hadn't wrestled with Draco a month earlier at Malfoy Manor. Mm. Fairly crucial plot point, actually, because that gave him... Dominion over the Elder Wand. That one was from Irvin K. Okay. And then the very last one, it would have been even worse if Moaning Myrtle had come out of her stall. That's from Katie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that would have been good. No, that would have been I, good. I, I, I agree. Would have added a little bit of a uh, humor to the battle. I don't know. I just love that somebody hates Moaning Myrtle so much. <laughs> They're like... <laughs> 
Thank God she did not come out. <laughs> and that was our top ten. Cool. Dude. Thanks, everybody, who participated in that. A uh, little quick pen and paper on my priority segment. We we um, For a time, we were checking in on J.K. Rowling on Twitter, see what she's been tweeting. But now she just tweets so much that... You know, it's like it's hard to keep up and it's it's hard to She's addicted. what to share. Um, but I just wanted to mention this. She offered a little update on her next Cormoran Strike Mile book, novel, I was trying to say. Um, she says the fourth strike is already underway. Who? It's just Mike and I who have read those, right? Um, I am actually partway through the Silkworm right oh, now. Cool. That's nice. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Nice. I, uh, I read the first, but I, I need to read the Silkworm and Career of Evil. Uh, and I know that I need to. I'm really interested in doing that soon. And the reason I mention this is that the past three have come out each summer-ish. So uh, we haven't heard anything about the fourth in terms of a title or release date or anything. So I'm thinking this one is going to come out later than usual. And I guess J.K. Rowling's just been busier with Fantastic Beasts and Cursed Child and whatever else she may be working on. So... We'll have to wait a little longer, unfortunately. I, I enjoyed these books coming out in the summer. I thought they were good summer reads. Yeah, I can see that. So so that's that. I, I, I like them. I, I think they're great, and they only get better. I, I think they progressively improved. And just the fact that, you know, and we've mentioned this before when we've done other episodes that maybe are focused on more of sort of the the themes of the Potter series and getting into things a little bit more in depth than just the actual story itself. But, you know, you could look at the Potter series in some respects as almost being a mystery or, uh, you know, the, the reader has to play the role of a detective to kind of figure out what's going on. And I think that plays very well for when she writes the Corman strike novels. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've said before, I mean, she's, a, she's an excellent mystery writer. So mm-hmm. this is the, the, that's why I've been enjoying these couple pieces of listener feedback this first one is from hall if new was expelled his seventh year maybe he went ahead and took the trip that doge mentions dodge doge <laughs> mentions doge, in Dumbledore's... Like... i think it's hal too hal what did i say hall hall okay i'm just done talking <laughs> <laughs> no no Please. uh mentions uh it used to be a common practice after graduation and this is part of that trip after he saved the day, as I'm sure Newt will, he's allowed to sit his newts, even though he didn't finish at Hogwarts. This would give the opportunity for him to learn practical magic from some of the other schools and then apply it for his own graduation requirement. Armando Dippet was the headmaster, and he could have been influenced by the prominent, older-than-you-claimed Dumbledore to allow Newt the chance to finish. Just a couple thoughts of the podcast. So he was trying to figure out how to... Um, how, how Newt and Dumbledore could potentially reunite. Hmm. Did we ever consider the possibility that these exams were named after him? <laughs> yeah, uh, right after our last MuggleCast, Gina actually tweeted that in. She's like, hey, wait a minute. What if um, the Newts are so named because Newt got expelled in his seventh year? Those are the seventh year exams that are sure to get you kicked out if you fail miserably. Um, so who knows? I think it's a pretty funny coincidence because they surely we all agree it's a joke, right? They cannot possibly uh, officially stand for nastily exhausting wizarding tests, right? Mm. I don't know the newts. Mm. Mm-hmm. I it's doubt they're named after him. Mm. Oh, come on, Andrew, play along a little. 
have some adventure. It is a funny coincidence, though. It is. Nathaniel writes uh, regarding uh, the Japanese wizarding school. Um, new listener here, four-ish days. I was listening to podcast 288 a couple days ago where you were discussing the reveal of four of the schools, including Ilvermorny. Someone mentioned the Japanese robes and how they felt their privacy would be violated if their robes reflected their marks. Just a couple of brief brief thoughts that came to mind. This keeps perfectly in line with the Japanese culture because they are A, Eastern, meaning generally speaking that they have a corporate view of the self rather than a Western individual view of self. self. I am nothing apart from the communal context in which i find myself the community is more important than me etc and b as a result they have a very intense honor slash shame culture honor is highly prized and shame is damning both for the entire community so these robes organically manifest those communal communal and honor slash shame facets of japanese culture in a tangible way which i think is pretty neat it might not work at Hogwarts, still less at Ilvermorny, but I sus- suspect that it works quite well at Mahukut, Mahuk, Mahu Tukoro. I'm not an East Asian expert, but I have formally studied Chinese language and culture for a number of years, and East Asian culture, for all its various nuances, has this broad generalization in common. So, That's awesome. Nathaniel, thank you for sending that in. Yeah. And my apologies for butchering like 80 words in the past two emails. <laughs> um, Laura, did you read that that bit about the other schools, the other wizarding schools? I did, yes. I found that all very fascinating. It was. My only critique was I kind of felt like the names of, the, of a couple of the schools were a little bit lazy. Oh. Like in which? terms um, – so like Mahutokoro – apparently means magic place in Japanese. <laughs> um, and then the, the Brazilian school, I forget exactly how you say it. Cause I don't, I can read Portuguese. I can't speak it, but it basically translates to like wi- wizard castle. Oh no. And I was like, Oh, come on. JKR. Like <laughs> You're a little they, better they, than that. Yeah. They, they can't all, uh, they can't all be Hogwarts. Right. Which doesn't actually right. make any sense at all. <laughs> No, they but at least cool there's some location. originality there. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah. They're like, we're not going to call this place Magic Castle. We're going to call it Hogwarts. But it's on top of Volcano. I mean, that's pretty badass. No? That, yeah. yeah. No, I love the idea of different wizarding schools all over the world and, and this possibility that we can see other cultures and how magic sort of in, you know incorporates into their day-to-day lives. I love that. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, now it's time for Chicken Soup for the Muggle Cast Soul. Who wants to read this? Laura should read this. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. You insist. So this comes from Jared C. And he says, Seeing as how the podcast has been reborn, much like Fox, I wanted to add my story to the Chicken Soup for the Muggle Cast Soul. So I wanted to say thank you for all the wonderful work you have done and are continuing to do and will continue to do over the coming years. The podcast has been with me through some great times and some not so great times. I started listening before my senior year of college in the summer of 2005 after returning from abroad. I had just finished reading Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince and wondered whether there were any Harry Potter podcasts out there. I had recently purchased an iPod for my trip abroad, and podcasting was new to me. 
iTunes led me to your podcast and I listened to what must have been episode three or four, listened to the ones I had missed and have not missed an episode since. I cannot tell you how wonderful it was to plug in my earbuds and travel to Hogwarts with all of you over the coming months and years. The podcast was a respite when my uncle tragically died later that summer, as well as during my difficult senior year. The podcast kept me company as I looked for law schools and then struggled through my first year of law school. It also kept kept my company flying back home for the funeral of my father, and then two years later for the funeral of my brother. But it has not been all bad. I've enjoyed the podcast at some amazing moments, too, including graduating law school on my honeymoon. And then he says, I'll never forget listening to you dissect Pottermore while sitting on a balcony on a cruise ship and driving to (laughs) and driving to D.C. when I landed my dream job. Finally, I look forward to MuggleCast being in my ears as I embark on the next big adventure in life, becoming a father this October uh, in 2015. That was. I have the trunk of Harry Potter books and cannot wait to read them to my child in the years to come and to give him an iPod with past episodes of MuggleCast on them. Thank you all. That's really sweet. Thank oh you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was what just so heartwarming to read. A life lived alongside this podcast. We were talking about getting into law school. Mm-hmm. To graduating law school, to landing your dream job in D.C., I assume practicing law, getting married, becoming a father. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, truly. Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, Jared, for sharing this. What what the heck of a good, like, inaugural, like, return to chicken soup with this? This is amazing. <laughs> for sure. Um, and wow. that does it for this episode of MuggleCast. Our first in this two-per-month venture we're going on. We're Right after we finish recording this, we're going to do a couple of bonus MuggleCast segments for patrons. We're going to be talking more about the Battle of Hogwarts anniversary. And uh, we're also going to be talking about what other books J.K. Rowling could write in the Wizarding World. That was a question from Zach. He had a couple ideas, and so did some of our listeners. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to uh, check out the MuggleCast website. All do. <laughs> Give us feedback. You know, don't be afraid uh, to uh, let us know whether it's on Twitter or Facebook, email. They can do it. Mugglecast at gmail.com. So really, uh, we're open to your suggestions. And uh, just remember how much work it took to put up every single episode from the past 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, so if you have feedback, don't direct it negatively at Micah if you have negative comments. Yeah, send it to Andrew and Eric. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Um, and now's a good time to mention on the MuggleCast website um, we if you scroll down on the homepage a little bit there's some tips on how to subscribe to the podcast which we recommend doing so you can get every episode in addition to iTunes these days you know we're, we're, there's lots of podcasting apps and we have a couple recommendations if you're looking for a good podcast app you can add MuggleCast and all the other podcasts that you listen to pretty easily to those apps so we do recommend doing that and also on the mugglecast page is now a uh, mugglecast site is now a thank you page for uh, all of our patrons everybody's name is listed there as of friday if you were a patron and speaking of it's because of the patrons that we're doing two episodes per month from this point forward Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we cannot understate how awesome that is uh can i just uh, also thank the anonymous chupacabra and the anonymous capybara that are in the room with us right now in what? the dock right now yes in the document yes lurking 
One of them might be Laura, actually. <laughs> Maybe, actually, yeah. Uh, I love Google. The ones who have been hopping in and out are patron supporters. So and Katie Hale as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm the chupacabra. <laughs> of course. It's me. You should also plug uh, Millennial, the podcast that Laura and I do with Matt and Elisa each week. Uh, Laura, I was just kidding earlier. Um, I, I love doing <laughs> both podcasts with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you should come back on MuggleCast <laughs> more often. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. I, I, I'm so glad that Laura um, still comes on the show. It's really great. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Just a couple weeks. For Less than a month. 292. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.